So I would say the froth has gone uh, from where we are, but good businesses, good ethical businesses, good teams, good IP, sensible PMVs, sensible markets, you know, there's still quite a good level of investment going on. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Funding a Better Future. This is a series of bite-sized episodes that features the expert insights of climate tech investors. My name is Cherry, and I'm the founder of Above and Beyond Recruitment. We partner with climate tech startups, and we help them to scale and grow their businesses, either by recruiting for them and helping them to build out their teams, or by offering talent advisory and consultancy services. This series is aimed at founders and leaders of climate tech businesses, and particularly to anybody that's looking to raise investment this year. Throughout the course of this series, we hope to give you a realistic picture of the current investment market, as well as some tips to give you the best chances of fundraising success, and hopefully a network of friendly people that you can contact when the time is right. Today, I'm joined by James Magtello from Green Angel Syndicate. The Green Angel Syndicate is the UK's largest network of specialist investors fighting climate change with over 350 members. They've supported over 35 early stage startups and this year they've announced investment in a company that develops biomaterials from seaweed and another in a company that are accelerating the decarbonisation of the grid. So a very diverse portfolio and they specialise in nurturing a real ecosystem amongst their investees to help them grow further. James is one of their angel investors and a CEO mentor who not only helps with the investment into companies, but works with CEOs and leaders to help them successfully grow their businesses. So, James, thank you so much for joining me. Pleasure to be here, Cherry. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, And so uh, to kick off, James, are you happy? I mean, I've given a bit of an intro there as to what you do and to what Green Angel Syndicate do. But are you happy to give us a bit of a kind of broader context on on the syndicate and perhaps sort of how Green Angels Syndicate differs from a a sort of traditional VC model? Um, So Green Angel Syndicate is a uh, a group of 320 um, investors focused in on the climate change space and essentially only the climate change space. Uh, As an investor, um, what I like very much about it is the deal flow that comes into me, uh, but also it's the team-based due diligence approach that the syndicate gives me, uh, and that works very well. I think from a a founder's perspective, though, um, what it does is it gives one-stop access to more than 320 investors, uh, and, and what that means is that, uh, you know, the very complex due diligence process, you only have to answer a question once. And as long as the question's answered properly, you don't have to ans- uh, answer it very many times. Um, so uh, I, I'd hope that it's a very key place for fund founders of sort of climate tech companies to go. Right. Fantastic. And and how have you noticed the landscape being this year? I mean, 2023, we had a, climate tech arguably had a, a big as a bumper year last year. This year has been slightly rockier territory, both on a kind of larger macroeconomic picture. And then with, you know, certain situations like SVB the other week. Uh, what is your yeah. sort of perspective of the funding landscape for this year? Yeah. 
Well, I'd say that it's it's tricky, um, but it's not catastrophic. Um, right. I mean, my background, I'm a sort of serial entrepreneur, uh, a fintech um, in the 90s, uh, exit, you know, on the management team of fintech in the 90s. We exited in 2003. I founded MindTools.com in 96, took it through to 2019, uh, and I've sort of been an angel investor ever since. Um, I think back to the grim days of the dot-com bust uh, and the way things went from, you know, all the froth and excitement of early 20, tw to wrong, 2000, uh, early 1999, and the way that from there, the next three years were incredibly grim in terms of fundraising. And we're in a completely different place um, here. O on one side, inflation is high, that means interest rates are high, and that means that companies where earnings far are far in the future, you know, the valuations are just very much lower. Um, last year was quite a bad year generally for investors uh, right across all sorts of markets. Uh, and that followed on the sort of Rus the Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So that was quite tricky. And as you say, um, we have the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Credit Suisse this year. That's created quite a lot of nervousness. And um, obviously, Silicon Valley Bank uh, put a lot of money into the space, and, and that has consequences. Um, so, you know, there's a reasonable amount of bad news in the market. But, mm. you know, there's also good news. Um, VCs built up quite a lot of dry powder in uh, across the sort of uh, the, the, the pandemic period. And there's still quite a lot of that dry powder left. Um, and also, you know, the reductions we've seen, something like 30% uh, down, according uh, to KPMG numbers, uh, down from 2021 to 2022, uh, something like 30%. Um, but that just takes us down to where we were at the start of the pandemic. So I would say the froth has gone. Uh, from where we are, but good businesses, good ethical businesses, good teams, good IP, sensible PMVs, sensible markets, you know, there's still quite a good level of investment going on. Yeah, good. Okay. So yeah, more of a sort of market correction than, than anything and and still a, a fairly okay picture for, for good prospects. Yes, it's just everything's yeah. gone sensible, gone sensible. And some of the um, a polite word is exuberance of the last couple of years has uh, dissipated. Fair enough. Fair enough. And what are you kind of most excited about this year within because climate tech, incredibly broad market. And I know um, Green Angel Syndicate's portfolio is, is, is pretty diverse across a number of, of, I think, 10 or so different subsectors within climate tech. Are there particular pockets within that 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 you see as being kind of most excited about or having the highest potential this year? Well, I'm very passionate about the whole space, um, actually. Uh, and uh, for me as an investor, um, uh, you know, that the whole move to a sort of sustainable industry and everything means everything is re-engineered. So, you know, fantastic opportunities there. But I, I'm, you know, very passionate about the, the fight against climate change. And mm. um, I sadly think that the, um, 
desire to get to just 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels is probably behind us now. But there's so much good tech out there. Uh, ind- you know, major industry is working really hard on it. Startups are working really hard on it. There's fantastic tech coming through in all sorts of areas. I mean, I hope we can keep it to a few, just a few tenths of a degree above that 1.5 degrees. Some will agree with me. Some will be bleaker on it. In terms of um, sectors, um, e-mobility, I think a lot has been done in in e-mobility. You think of electric bikes, you think of scooters, you think of EVs, everything that's going on there. But there's still a lot of potential supporting e-mobility, the rollout of chargers, uh, things like drive trains. um, There's a lot of tech that's still waiting to come through in that space. Uh, A lot is happening uh, in built environment. Um, We need to do a huge amount in domestic buildings, but also commercial buildings in particular. There are some really punishing, difficult uh, standards that landlords of commercial property have to meet over the next five to 10 years. That's an amazing opportunity for startups, uh, for all sorts of industries to help optimize that. We've seen a lot of renewable energy. You mentioned Piclo. Um, Piclo is a great uh, syndicate fund, sorry, syndicate company. uh, And that's all about connecting renewable energy assets uh, into the electricity grids of the UK, the US, the EU. And there are a lot of things like that, particularly sort of operations and maintenance, uh, where there are still really good opportunities for startups. Sensors, I like sensors. Um, QLM, again, is a gas company. It's all about single photon cascade devices, uh, hooking into machine learning and LIDAR. And what that does is it produces a really good low-cost methane scanner. And, um, you know, it's, there's really cool tech. Uh, and there's a lot of other stuff in that space. Final area mentioned um, biodiversity, and there's a lot happening there coming out of genomics and genetics. Um, But what very strangely excites me most is the UK sort of kelp area. Uh, We have a fantastic continental shelf. People look at me very oddly when I get fond of seaweed, but there's a huge potential industry there going all the way through kelp farming, kelp refining, through to uh, biodegradable bioplastics, protein, roughage, all sorts of things coming out of that. And that is an industry just waiting to be born, I think, um, at the moment. Uh, So a lot of really interesting areas. Yeah, kelp. Uh, There's a recent investment in kelpie, is that right, that that they're Uh, doing that? Another one called Oceanium, which is a seaweed refinery. But um, there's also the whole sort of kelp farming space. uh, And... um, we, we could do something very, very exciting in that. And also, I think there's a McKinsey quote that if we properly get the whole kelp industry working, you're maybe talking about a gigaton of CO2 reduction from the atmosphere directly and possibly another gigaton um, of associated benefits. So it could be, you know, a really huge thing if we can yeah. get that industry working. So it's more a much more effective carbon sink than than tree planting. But tree planting seems to be psychologically where we've all got kind of stuck from a carbon offsetting perspective. Yeah. When yeah. actually, yes, like you said, kelp farming would is is more effective. I suppose there's a more limited amount of space in which you can yeah. do it, I guess. 
Well, yeah, I mean, there, there is a huge and completely unexploited space there. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot of rewilding going on. And uh, and that's the Blue Ocean Fowl, Blue Marine Foundation. That's quite exciting as a thing. But um, the issue with a lot of it is that the, the kelp grows and then decays and releases the CO2. Whereas if you can use it on an industrial scale, you're capturing it and incorporating it into all sorts of other things. So you're genuinely capturing the CO2. Fascinating. There you go. Um, and in terms of the sort of stage of startup that Green Angel Syndicate tend to invest in, what are your kind of ideal, ideal kind of demographic, really, in terms of what stage of organisation and, and the maturity? What, what are you looking at? I mean, the, the phrase is TRL level four and above. So it's a sensible working prototype that's been deployed in a sensible customer environment. Um, so uh, you're not quite not talking sort of lab bench type stuff, but things that have been taken a bit further beyond that. And what we can do is help accelerate those companies uh, all the way through to commercialization. So, so Green Angel, we handle funding anything from 150K way up to say uh, 4 million over multiple funding rounds. Um, and that means, uh, yes, we do very detailed due diligence, and that's a painful thing that people have to go through. But once companies, once founders have been through that, it means we can work with them for a very long time, helping them through a large part of the, the life of their organization. Mm, fantastic. And, and I, I noticed a recent announcement um, about one of your what are two of the companies in your portfolio that are kind of connected and work, we're doing work with one another. So I like that, that you've got that yes. kind of ecosystem of companies that, that help one another. So that's Zedify, uh, and you'll have seen the Zedify bikes zipping around various towns uh, doing uh, carbon-free delivery, you know, fantastic. Uh, another one is New Motion Labs. I mentioned drivetrains, and that's all about very robust, strong drivetrains for electric bikes. And there's a really nice complementarity um, between them. Um, and, and, you know, that's reducing the downtime, uh, maintenance issues, all of that. So, yes, very nice situation. Yeah, perfect. Love that. And so companies that kind of fit within within what you're looking to invest in, if there are kind of founders listening to this that, that think, yeah, that's us, we're at that stage, we're kind of ripe for investment. What advice would you be giving to them if they're looking to raise this year, they're thinking about approaching Green Angel Syndicate? What, what should they be focusing on? What should they be thinking about to ensure when they have those conversations, they're kind of best positioned for success? I mean, I think the, the, the first thing, Cherry, is the advice they'll have been hearing from everybody uh, in the investment community over the last year, which is tighten your belt, conserve cash, uh, get to profit ASAP. This is, you know, this is a it's a difficult, challenging funding environment, um, and this is not the time to be trying to conquer the universe. It's the trying time to be getting through to uh, a successful, stable business. Uh, second piece of advice is on pre-money valuations. Um, there's a recent bit of research done by the Economist that was talking about PMVs dropping something like fifty six percent. Uh, between 21 and 22. Now, whether 56%, that sounds a suspiciously overly accurate number to me, but it, it's something to bear in mind. Um, and if the PMV is wrong, then the company just doesn't get into the, into the 
any, any part of the investment process. It's just rejected right away. Um, there's a worse problem on PMVs, and it often comes. So, so, for example, crowdfunding for me is a bit of a yellow flag. And the reason for that is PMVs coming out of a crowdfunding round are often very high. That's nice immediately for the founder. But what it means is when you're coming on to follow on rounds, you know, that, that becomes very problematic. Um, so people need to be really careful about staying real on PMVs. Um, third piece of advice. I'm just sorry, just to interject on that. How, how can a founder, what resources could they use to make sure that they're being realistic about their PMV? Uh, I think there's obviously um, uh, a looking around on them, you know, what are the PMVs going on now? Often the sort of public PMVs are very excitable. Um, and it's about being pragmatic. Um, there's, a, there's a sort of angel uh, investor rule of thumb that on risky companies, you're looking for a tenfold return in five years. And that equates to an IRR of, of 60%. Now, that's very challenging. Um, and, you know, that is for particularly risky companies. But if you have that in mind when you're looking at it, then that helps you set, think about, well, what should the valuations actually be? Um, and um, the, the reason the, 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 that is so high is that a lot of startups fail. Um, and, you know, it is very easy to... to lose money uh, if you're not careful um, fr from an investment perspective. Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. And carry on. What was your, what was your other advice? I, I interjected. Um, no, uh, well, I mean, uh, the only the, the other advice is we, we've already talked about Green Angel Syndicate. Um, and, mm. um, you know, it, it is probably the most important, you're not the most important, that sounds very vain, uh, the most, the, the it, it's a very significant uh, syndicate in this particular space and I'd encourage people to come through and uh, talk to us um, as part of their fundraising process. Mm. Yeah and that's that's something that's been echoed quite a lot throughout the course of this series so far is is that you know just have a conversation to start the conversation earlier than perhaps you think you might need to um, and I think definitely for generally for founders, but particularly for first-time founders, starting those conversations can feel quite daunting. And I think people feel they need to put it off until such a point as they're very ready and they've got this polished narrative and pitch deck that they can, you know, present. But but would you say, you know, would you would you say you're welcome to conversations starting much before all of that information is in place? Uh, I'd say um, that uh, investors are, you know, we're out and about and we're talking to people and it's always a pleasure to connect with people and talk to people. I'd say when you're coming through into the sort of syndicate, the application is online uh, and you need a good sort of introductory pitch deck. You know, the sensible things need to be in place things need to be thought through. So I wouldn't encourage people to come until they've thought things through properly. Uh, and that then is the sort of time to start coming through in more detail. There's a lot of coaching that's given as part of the process, um, the, you know, very professional deal flow team. Um, the guys are, are very, you know, good at coaching people through, looking at sort of uh, helping people go into the sort of pitching process. Um, and 
you know, hopefully it's very supportive, very encouraging. There's um, particularly a lot of uh, support for founders from a non-traditional background too. Um, generally, it's it's a great environment and uh, I, I, I hope people find it very positive. Yeah, oh, that's interesting that there's a sort of team that helps to coach you through that process. Yeah process because that process like you know like I said before if you're a first-time founder and you've not been through that before can feel quite a yeah quite a daunting process I suppose so the fact that there's somebody there to sort of shepherd you through it is is used and a lot of the language and the jargon that goes with the investment world is you know is quite alien I would imagine to to the majority of people that have never been through that before um so yeah, yeah. someone support and guide you through that it's very useful Exactly. But I mean, I'd say that the, the best type of, certainly from my perspective, what I like are the sort of uh, uh, the B2B type propositions. And I particularly like strong intellectual property, um, typically tech coming out of a, a university, uh, you know, where there's really strong work that's been done, ground, you know, groundbreaking. We all like groundbreaking tech. We all like patents things like that. So it's not quite stuff coming off the lab bench, but when a little bit more work has been done to it, um, there's a lot that can be done and a lot that can, a lot of help that can be given to founders in that position. Yeah, and I mentioned earlier as in the sort of the yes. methane, yeah. uh, local methane uh, cameras, that came quite through at quite a sort of early tech stage. And again, hopefully we were able to do a lot to help there. Yeah, and were they a university spin-out? Uh, yes, that was out of Bristol. Ah, there you go. Exciting, cool. Well, James, thank you so much for your time. Um, that's been really, really useful. Um, there have been some, um, yeah, some very, very helpful um, tips in there for founders around, you know, sort of assessing their, their market valuation, making sure that they're being conservative with their cash flow, um, and then also making sure that they, you know, feel free to start conversations with investors, but make sure that you kind of thought through and that you've got a, a kind of sensible narrative to present when you start those conversations. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody that's joined us today to watch. We are coming to the end of this current series now. We've only got two two episodes left which are taking place next week so if you've missed any of our previous episodes please feel free to go back and have a listen um, you can find the link to the youtube playlist on my profile so please feel free to go and have a look at that um, we've shared the insights of some absolutely brilliant um, people across the climate tech investment space including systemic capital nesta planet a ventures albion vc and many many more um, next week, we're going to be joined by Kate Ronane from Longwall Ventures on the Wednesday um, and Pooja Balachanda from Carbon 13's Venture Launchpad will be with us next Friday for our final episode. So until then, thank you very much to James for joining us and thank you to everybody for listening. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. Please follow the show to be noted of all future episodes. We've also saved videos of all of our interviews over on the Above and Beyond YouTube channel. Check out the show notes to find the links to this and links to all of the resources mentioned on today's show.